0: On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Sidetracks, the unscripted and unruly series where we share with you what we've been watching and whether it's worth your time.
1: and this is the groundhouse girls podcast
0: and hey i'm katie this is sidetracks welcome sorry i totally like messed that up <laughs> that's okay <laughs> it's sidetracks it doesn't have to be perfect
1: Yay! no, Yay! no sleep
0: for brooklyn no but yeah <laughs> britney's living on very little sleep yes. and i've had like the afternoon from hell mm-hmm. so <laughs> but we're here yes Not queer, but allies. Um, Get used to it.
1: Allies!
0: Allies. (laughs) That that will never not be funny and be in my head. Yes. Yes. I want to just be the girl that goes, ally! Anyways. (laughs) Sorry. Like, literally, our brains are fried. Yeah. So, anyways. Obviously, I guess we don't need to do the how are you today. Because we're both just fried. But, this is Sidetracks. And we're just going to talk about if you haven't listened to an episode like this before, about what we watched and what we did this last week that isn't necessarily horror-adjacent. Other things. Some of them are horror-adjacent, but they're probably not things we'll do an episode on. Um, Also, a lot of television shows we'll talk about. Um, So, without further ado, Britt, what did you watch this week?
1: Oh, I guess I'll get started. So, I think... Touched on this a little bit, but we didn't finish the first season of Yellow Jackets and we did watch the season two premiere of Yellow Jackets. Oh,
0: so I have, I got to like episode six or seven. Oh, so I know, <gasps> but I watched a bunch of other stuff. Okay.
1: No, so. I'm not judging. I just, I wish you were further so we could kind of talk spoilers a little bit. So I
0: know, I know. I'm sorry. Okay. I started, I was trying to marathon it and then like, I was kind of stressed out and I've been trying to learn lines. I'm in the vagina monologues next, the ne- in a couple weeks. And so if you're in the Birmingham, Alabama area, it's at Birmingham Festival Theater, August 7th through the 16th. Um, See their websites for details. But I was learning my lines. I had to put things on in the background that I wasn't going to pay attention to. So I put it on old uh, seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. Which, spontaneously at rehearsal, me and a, like, college-age student, uh, college-age person who's in the show as well, both randomly started singing a RuPaul's Drag Race song. And I was like, hey! And we were, like, the only two people singing it, and I was like, she was like, I've been watching since I was 12. I was like, hell yeah. Absolutely. Fully support 12-year-olds watching Drag Race. I love this. Um, but all- she's not 12. She's an adult, but, like... She was just saying she had not watch it since she was a little kid. But anyways, I found it funny. Because some people knew what we were talking about. And one person was like, what was that song from? And we were like, RuPaul's Drag Race. And she's like, oh, I need to watch it. I was like, oh, my God. And then we're trying to tell her what seasons to start off with. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, seasons. Fo- my personal favorites are seasons four through about ten. Although not all of them are my favorites, but... Like, they have a lot of my favorite queens in it. And I was like, those are the best ones. And then she was like, oh, but All Stars. I was like, All Stars is good. But don't watch All Stars 1. It's a hot mess. Anyways... But that's why I haven't been watching Yellow Jackets because I wanted to pay attention to Yellow Jackets and I couldn't have it on the background.
1: Yes. Oh, it is, I'm lucky because it's one of those shows so I actually did not hear about it until the Emmys and it was nominated for seven primetime Emmys and that also included I think drama series and then I think there was acting nominations for Linsky like and Richie. Yeah. And Melanie Linsky is one of those people that I was like her face is so familiar and I knew I had yeah. very recently saw her in um, um, the last of us but i was like holy shit this woman's been in a lot of things which is she's in the last of us, yeah, us too yeah 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 she is shit. the villain in that oh god it's that um it's the storyline with um the two brothers and the younger one's deaf sam sam is
0: deaf samuel sam oh yeah well i'm st- i haven't gotten past episode two oh, so shit okay well it's okay because I've, pl- I've, wa- I've played i've played the video game so it's not that upsetting i think the the (laughs) storyline is just a slightly bit different than the video game from what i've read in that but i didn't spoil too much i promise um but i i know i had mentioned yellow jackets when it first came out because i watched like the first episode Mm -hmm. of the first season when it was like premiering and then i didn't watch anything else i think i may maybe mentioned it on our first sidetracks but it was very much like, I don't know, it's a pretty good show. Yeah. But yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I need to actually finish the season because it is good. Well, that's the thing. Like, we weren't, we are were like, because I heard the
1: premise and I ended up, and Katie, you may need to be in my brain for a minute. So there was a plane crash. The whole reason I ended up going down a Yellow Jacket's rabbit hole. Um, So what was the plane crash? It was in the 1970s. And it was. Oh,
0: the soccer team? Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Because that's what this is loosely based on. And J.A. Bayona, who did The Orphanage, is actually doing a movie that's going to be released on Netflix about that same plane crash. And so I was like reading this very little. Oh, they're doing another
0: movie? Because the movie was called Alive. They made a movie about it in 93 the Uruguayan rugby team
1: okay yeah 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 and no this one's gonna be coming out this year and it's literally the guy who did the orphanage shows J.A. Biona. and I was reading this very oh, that's cool yeah I was reading this very like lengthy article on it and then I was reading like things inspired by the events and yellow Jacks showed up and I was like wait what Because I had no idea that Yellow Jackets was like very, obviously a heavy, heavy dramatized and very, very loosely based off this incident. But I was like, Taylor, let's watch the first episode. And after the first episode, Taylor was like, you know what, let's watch the second episode. And after the second episode, Taylor was like pretty hooked and he was like, I have to keep going. And so when you, when I get Taylor onto something like that. It's like, it's a good feeling because Taylor is usually <laughs> really weird about things, but he's like, I'm liking this. Oh, well, that's good. And I can't wait. Until, it's a good show. I can't wait until you finish it, Katie, because I mean, shit goes off the rails in like the last like two episodes. So I'm like,
0: okay. yeah. Because shit's, shit's a little bit mm-hmm. going off the rails. Yeah. Someone's been kidnapped. Okay. Yeah. But not, I don't know if they get murdered, but they've been kidnapped. Okay. Right. And that's where I'm at. So also I love Christina Ricci being a crazy person. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like a, not crazy. I should say Psycho, like a psychopathic do you, person. Do you as a theater person do this? Cause I always do
1: this. I'm like, who which character would you play in the show? And Katie, I can definitely see you. <laughs> that... Am I Melanie Linsky's part or am I Christina Ricci's no, part? No, I think you're I think you're definitely more Christina Ricci. I think you're definitely Really? Yeah, I, I can see you as a Misty. I can see it because it's the I mean chipper like the like it's like it's a it's a really yeah. like happy like almost like really friendly personality but then there's like this dark
0: underbelly to that's like character. kathy bates in misery yeah and you know what which would be a dream role
1: i think i actually think i would be more of a shauna which i i okay so this is see, my problem see
0: my body type is definitely shauna I like that's why i, I that. like melanie yes. linsky because uh, i'm like i would play all of her character. she's like beautiful but she's like a real a real beautiful and
1: that yeah. that sounds like an insult but i swear to god it's not
0: like it's but non- yeah that's why i've liked her all of her like i'm like i would play the fat stepsister in ever after who's not really fat no. but that was what they called her and
1: see like i feel like i would probably be like a shauna too but this is the thing about <laughs> shauna is like i i love how melanie
0: linsky plays her but i don't really like the character. No, I don't like Shauna as a child. Yeah. I like her as an adult. Yeah. Well, I lo- it's probably just Melanie Linsky. Yeah, I love Juliet Lewis, yeah. but I love her always. She's perfection in anything she does. I think Misty, is like all the girls have like these great
1: qualities and they're they have a very interesting dynamic and all the characters are really like unique characters and I think like if you were to be like cast in any of these roles, they'd be so fun. But there's
0: something about yeah. Misty that would be super Misty fun. Misty would be fun. Yes. Misty would be very fun. I love when people are just so super sweet and nice and then they're actually evil. I'm not <laughs> actually evil, but it is like when I get to tell people I watch creepy horror movies and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. Don't you love it when the blood goes everywhere? Uh huh. Oh it's so fun. <laughs> she names her bird,
1: like, Cal- 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 Caligula, and I'm just Caligula? like,
0: yeah. Ah! And I'm like, that
1: is... Caligula's false. And I just started laughing, and Taylor's like, what's so funny? And I was like, oh my god, Taylor, like, I need to explain to you. should suit. just
0: make him watch the super banned movie, Oh my god, Caligula. with Malcolm McDowell, yeah. With Malcolm McDowell? Oh, oh my god. Where they kill people with, like, a lawnmower thing? And it's like super... Caligula themselves was a fucking weird... Fuck. Yeah, because. But also, the movie's a weird fuck. I think he. Wasn't he the one that
1: dressed up a teenage boy like his dead wife? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. There's, he had a lot of mental health problems. He probably impact. should not have been an emperor. <laughs> <laughs> happens a it, lot. It's so long ago, we could laugh about it, right? Like, Yeah, it's funny now. No. Oh, so. oh my God. Well, okay. So, I will finish Yellow Jackets, but while you were watching that. Speaking of yellow things and daisies, I watched John Wick, the first one, not four. Rest in peace, Lance Reddick. I had just started The Wire and then he passed away. And I was like, and I just mentioned him on our last side tracks. I was like, oh, I love it. I'm like so fucking depressed he's dead because we've talked about him. He was on The Guest I feel like he was in another movie that we've talked about, Resident we We were talking about the Resident Evil series, too. Oh, yes. We were talking about Resident Evil, the, the bad TV show. But he wasn't the bad part. He was good in it. He was always good in everything. But he's in it. He's a smaller part in John Wick. But I will say, trigger warning, if you love pets, I was telling Brittany about this beforehand. I cried really hard, and I was watching this with Scott and... I started crying. He thought I was faking it at first. He thought I was like, he was like, I thought you were like putting me on. And I was like, no, that was depressing. It was almost as bad as pig. But everyone knows John Wick's wife dies. And then the dog that his dead wife left him gets killed by these people stealing his really fancy car. It gets fucking killed by Theon Greyjoy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's Alfie Allen, who's a little punk ass bitch. bitch. And then... There's a bunch of really good actors. Ian McShane's in it. The guy, I always forget his name, but the guy who plays the Mayhem guy on the All Allstate commercials, oh. um, who was the brother in Rescue Me. And there's a, there's a lot of like really good cameos. There's one of the other detectives from The Wire is in it as one of the assassins. Anyways, it is a fun action movie. I highly recommend if you haven't already seen it. Like I was entertained and I'm not a big action movie fan. Um, but the dog really that was not fair and also my dog growing up's name was daisy so (laughs) it especially made me really sad i was like oh no but it was it was fun i would i would say recommend for sure
1: speaking of that i think i told you this before so um and oh god uh i am legend will smith's dog is named samantha yeah and watching that in the theaters because i saw that in theaters and i must have been in high school but you know we all know what happens to the dog and i am legend that was yeah, uh,
0: someone lied to me to get me to watch that movie <sighs> um my friend richie oh god and my friend jeff both told me the dog was not gonna die and then i started crying oh, i'm sorry i'm spoiling it we already alluded to yeah. it when the dog i was we were it was college i was drunk and i remember look pointing at my friend richie across the room and saying richie you told me the dog didn't die and he just was like giggling to himself I was like you son of a bitch i was so pissed i mean
1: yeah i'm pissed any times i mean look like i've seen babe like uh plenty of times since i first watched it and i still get oh, mad Ram at you. i still get mad in babe like when things happen like even babe like when the cats mean to him like <laughs> are you crying no, oh no. no it's just like i i it's just I, I love babe and to this day if i see like a border collie i'm like it's a fly it's a fly that's like what i think like in my head oh my god yeah that's a I. oh god <laughs> if something happens to the animal in the movie and that's the one thing about horror movies that like i'm a i love scary movies but There's always that thing, if you see an animal in a scary movie, you're like, okay, there's a big chance it's going to die. Like, and that's the thing. It's like, you have to brace yourself every single time because you're like, oh, it's a cute dog. And it's like, except for clay zombies. Like, even like, oh, yes, clay (laughs) zombies is, is one of the exceptions. And that's actually an allegory for animal rescue, which makes it even better. Yeah. So it's really, really cool. Thank you, Jake. Good one there, Jake. Thank you, <laughs> but even like a hereditary, you're like there's the dog. It's so happy. We only see it for a second. Oh, it's dead. Like <laughs> it's
0: definitely dead. I hate it. The dog in Halloween dies. Yeah, the dog, multiple dogs in the thing die. So yeah, yeah. Um, so I watched Knock at the Cabin. <gasps> I did it's too. <gasps> did you? I did? Yes. Oh, we we did not plan this at all, y'all. Um, so. How, what did you think?
1: I thought it was okay. One, uh, is it just me or is this the only Shyamalan film without a twist? Because I saw this coming miles away. Yeah,
0: there was no twist. Yeah, there was no
1: twist. Two, it's very, very middle ground. Like, very, yes. very Hot,
0: mid mid. Yeah,
1: it is not. I mean, it's definitely not the happening. I'll say that, mm-hmm. um, and the, I, the the performances were fine.
0: I thought the performances were all pretty good. Yeah, Dave Batista was
1: surprisingly was. restrained. Yes, I liked him a lot in this movie, and I think the camera yeah. angles were really interesting. There were some really like experimental Although camera angles going on.
0: Him being a second grade teacher, Katie.
1: But haven't you ever seen Kindergarten Cop? I know. I so all I could think about
0: was like one of those stupid movies where this like big hulking man goes undercover as a teacher, and I was just like, "Why was I was like, I mean, why would a second grade teacher have that much time to go to the gym in real life?" And he's a bartender at night, so I'm just like, and he's a bartender at night. Yeah. I was like, oh, "Oh, he's a was he was he a bartender or a bouncer?" I think he's a bartender. Yeah, which also like, why wouldn't he be the bouncer at night? Not saying you can't be a big guy and be a teacher and be lovely and good at it. But I'm saying, I don't know. He's, he's a professional wrestler, y'all. Like, I mean, he's like, like he his life has been spent bulking up. Yeah, and that's why he is such a big guy. You know, it was just beyond the realm of reasonable possibilities. I was like, I don't know, is there a way they could have gotten him to be, like, slimmed down a little bit? Like, not skinny, just, like, less muscular, but probably with another Guardians movie coming out, he probably couldn't. Yeah. So, anyways, but that was comic comic to me, because I was like, he is, like, the quintessential gentle giant in this movie, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I did actually really like his character.
1: And so... He did a good job. It wasn't... Yeah, it was just funny. I was reading about the uh, the book, and I completely blanked on the author's name. But supposedly the author have wrote a book also called A Headful of Ghosts that's going to be turned into a limited TV series, too, which I think is cool. Huh. But the book is different from the movie. So I guess maybe the twist was that the ending was different from the book's ending. I don't know if that was Shyamalan's take on the twist, Yeah, but it... I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I...
0: I don't think it was a twist. There wasn't a twist. There wasn't a twist. That's what bothered me. Is that... Also, I don't know. I didn't, like... Okay. I have... Okay, spoilers for Knock at the Cabinets playing on Peacock right now if you want to go watch it. I went to 12 years of Catholic school. So, generally speaking, pretty religiously brought up. The thing... With the whole four horsemen of the apocalypse thing always bothers me because people always say the book of Revelation is like foretelling the end of the world, right? Right. That is not what it was written to do historically. Historically, it was a allegory for the kingdom of Israel- to free themselves from the Roman Empire. That's the person who wrote the book. His name is John. He had a dream about it, and he wrote his dream down. That's what the Book of Revelation is. Now, I don't remember exactly when, but, like, in the the Middle Ages, people started retelling, like, reinterpreting it as the end of the world. And they used it as a fear-mongering technique to get people to convert... To Catholicism and Christianity in general. That's how I grew up knowing about the Book of Revelation, that it was more of an allegory than a literal thing that you're supposed to take bit by bit by. So, like, I've always had a very negative connotation with people using it to almost scare people into being religious. Yeah, because personally, I like having. I've, <laughs> I've told this a lot. Be like. I like having a religion. I have a lot of problems with organized religion, but I did grow up Catholic. I like the core values of Catholicism, but there's some modernization that needs to happen. And there's some deep, deep problems in the governing of the Catholic Church. I've already gone through this. However, I don't think you should fear monger someone into having religion. I don't think it's what's good for me. is not always good for thee. you know what I mean? Like a lot of people find peace in things like Buddhism, Judaism, uh, atheism, you know, I don't think people have to have it. So anyways, I always get really anti I don't like apocalyptic movies, but I like post apocalyptic movies. I don't know. I love post apocalyptic genres of like games and things. I do too. But I do not like apocalyptic because I feel like it's fear mongering. I like post apocalyptic too. Like, I think I may have said,
1: Yeah, that's fine. I think I may have said this on the podcast before, but my eighth grade teacher, Mr. Ray, he was my homeroom teacher, but he was also our mm-hmm. English teacher he did post-apocalyptic fiction in that year yeah. and I loved it, but I think he stopped Love teaching it. it after that year because I think a lot of the kids didn't take to it. Um I've always been like that kid that like, I it's not that I enjoy being depressed, but I do like reading depressing things, incidentally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we did On the Beach. Uh, that was the novel we read and that's a hard hitter. But we also read... Well, I not read that one. Oh yeah, Maybe. so it was written in the 1960s it and it was an alternative version of like uh, a world war three and basically like um mm. all these bombs were set off and australia remained neutral and so they're like waiting for the radiation winds to come to australia so they give the people in australia a year to live because everyone else in, on the planet is basically dead at this point mm. and so Jeez. it's like following the last year of these people's lives um yeah it's really dark um that is really and dark. there will come soft rains by Ray Bradbury, which is a yes. short story, but it's that one's terrifying. Oh, it's
0: devastating, but I loved it too. So, anyways, so while I, I find it, I get the four horsemen thing. Was like, oh, get it? But I was also like, one, where were the horses? <laughs> Two, <laughs> if you're gonna go there, go there, because then they're like, you had to have a car. I'm like, was the car at least a Bronco? Because I don't remember that that would have been better why was the car not a bronco i don't know i was like uh so i was like well maybe the twist is that like it was nothing was happening and then it it, it was so ambiguous so, I don't know, I I said it wasn't as entertaining as The Visit or as bad as Avatar, but it was bordering on the happening stupidity. Like, it didn't quite get that stupid, but it was kind of, it gave me the vibes of The Happening.
1: Yeah, like, it wasn't as bad as The Happening, because The Happening was just, ooh, it's, like, the... But it's at least entertainingly bad. The
0: Happening
1: and The Last Airbender was probably the two worst Shyamalan yeah. films.
0: Oh, yeah, by Avatar, I meant Avatar The Last yeah, yeah, Airbender. Yeah. But,
1: like, those was the two worst. Like, this is, I feel like this is, like, somewhere, um, so this is interesting. Um, I feel like this is on the same page as Old, but I actually like Old a little bit
0: better, I think. And I still haven't watched Old. I really need to sit down and watch it. Yeah. But I just, I was like, I was either going to watch another John Wick movie, and I was like, you know what, I'll try and knock at the cabin. And it wasn't, okay, like you said, like, all the performances were good. I found it confusing that they kept thinking back to, like, their life. And I was like, I kind of got it, but I was also like, is there a point to this?
1: It's like, it's just basically you're trying to, like, it's trying to uh, make the audience develop, like, a deeper connection to them as a couple.
0: Yeah. And, like,
1: so, and once, and I did, I don't know if anyone plans to read the book, but I think they were trying to do some kind of cop-out. For book readers because of that, but I don't I spoiled oh. the book for myself and I don't want to do that for people <laughs> who may potentially read it.
0: Yeah. But it's I mean, it it's not the worst Shyamalan movie. It's not the best Shyamalan movie. It was it was not over or underwhelming. It just whelmed. Oh, okay. Unpopular opinion. Cause guess what else I watched? What did you watch? You you know what I watched. I watched Uncut Jams. Uncut jams? Uncut jobs. Oh my gosh. Uncut jobs. Uncut jobs. First of all, it took me like until I'd seen her like three times to realize <laughs> who Julia Fox was in that movie because she didn't have her black eyeliner on. And I was like, where is she? And then I was like, oh, that's her. Um <sighs> why does this have a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes? Ooh, this
1: is a hot take, Katie. I think you're about this to throw it down. Take.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I watched Good Time a couple years ago with our friend Peter. Hey, Peter. Um, and I remember him saying he and you have the same issue with certain movies. Watching people make bad mistakes after bad mistakes gives you both of you anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I was watching Good Time with him and I was loving Good Time. I did not enjoy Uncut Gems, Uncut Gems. Um and I ended up turning it off halfway through because I was not paying attention to it. We I just neither was Scott, we were both trying to watch it and I, it was so frenetic and so erratically filmed that I just could not focus on anything. The only person that I could focus on when they talked was Lakeith Stanfield. Thank God for Lakeith Stanfield. He's a he's God's gift to frenetic movies. Did you like the weekend Love that though, man. Katie? Okay, that was I got literally to that part, and then that was after I turned it off. I was like, "Oh, look, it's a concert. It's the weekend." Okay, I barely noticed that it was the weekend. <laughs> oh my! And I don't watch basketball. Anyways, I think the problem I have with this because I genuinely liked Good Time, which is why I was like, "Oh, now I want to watch Uncut Gem- Gems." Gems. Gems. Um, Uncut Gems. Um, <laughs> I love Julia Fox. I genuinely liked Good Time, but I think the reason I liked it was I understood that the two main characters had a core of goodness inside of them and were in a really bad spot because life had dealt them a really shitty hand and they were trying to better themselves in a really clumsy way and they kept stumbling and stumbling into worse and worse situations. So, like, I could... Enjoy that because I they were redeemable. Howard, that's his name, right? Howard.
1: Yes, I believe that's Sam um, Sandler's he,
0: name. He is unredeemable. He's a fucking jackass, and he's not good or nice to anybody. And he just keeps making mistake after mistake after mistake. Like he gets what forty thousand dollars that he could have taken and paid this mo- this loan shark down on his hundred thousand dollar debt instead he just bets it again because he's a compulsive gambler and it's like it'd be one thing if he was like a struggling person trying to make money but he's not he owns a jewelry store he has this beautiful house he has enough money to afford to also rent an apartment out for his secret girlfriend right because he was paying for that too i think yeah so it's like all of this shit he has money but he just he's like he's like fucking uh uh, f- uh, the guy that just oh my god I, I've been talking Alex Murdoch it's like that he has everything and yet he digs himself into a deeper hole yeah and I mean I just hate people like that and I did not like him and I was kind of like yeah fuck him he
1: has a like addicting personality he's addicted to gambling and so like he puts himself yeah. through very very dangerous situations in the movie like at one point he's literally locked in his own
0: trunk during his daughter's like play so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it, I was not enjoying the experience. I was miserable and I was stressed. And I understood how you and Peter felt watching Good Time because all of a sudden I felt that. Yeah. But I usually don't feel that in those kinds of movies. Also, hot take everyone was upset because Adam Sandler didn't get nominated for an Oscar for this movie. Okay. Much like Punch Drunk Love, although I think Punch Drunk Love, and it's been a really long time since I've seen any of that movie. And I've only seen it in snippets. This is just Adam Sandler with a decent director. But he's still basically just Adam Sandler. It's like Billy Madison became a compulsive gambler. Not Billy Madison. Uh, What's the one in the golf course? Oh, uh, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. It's like Happy Gilmore just became a compulsive rich guy gambler. Yeah.
1: I uh, I don't know. Like, I do see him stronger in this movie. But he's also, I mean, it's been, what, like 20
0: years since his Happy Gilmore Billy Madison days? Like, But it was basically just Adam Sandler. Like, it wasn't like, I I don't know. I think he but I didn't finish it. Maybe it gets better as it goes well, on. Well, even
1: in Punch Drunk Love, and it has been a very, I know that's Paul Thomas Anderson, right? And it's been a very long time so. since I've seen Punch Drunk Love. But even then, like he has like anger outbursts, right? Like he's like, he's very angry in Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. So I think like the character type he usually plays is like someone that's like on a on a 10 in some way. Yeah. So it's like in like this movie, he's like, he's an addict and he's not an addict in that he's doing drugs or alcohol. He's like an addict in that he's addicted the thrill of gambling and of losing and winning and especially on winning because every time he wins you're like okay bring it in bring it home and it's like he he goes higher and that's like the that's where your anxiety gets amplified and i am talking a little bit about this movie it's like some people love that they love like seeing shit shows they love seeing like like people chase this high i I, it's not my cup of tea because i i mean i watch scary movies yes but i i don't like watching films just to have a general sense of anxiety the entire time i'm watching a movie
0: but also i like being able to root for somebody that's like i think we've had this conversation before we're like you were like some people like horror movies for the villains i do not watch horror movies for the villains i there could be a really good villain And I might love them. Like, uh, Kathy Bates in Misery. Yeah. Fantastic villain. But, like, I'm still rooting for James Caan to get out of the house. You know? Like, I root for the – I want to root for someone. I could not root for Howard. I was like, yeah, fucking shoot him in the face then. I don't fucking care at this point. Because he has ruined everyone's lives around him. And, like, I guess I was like, there just wasn't anything redeemable about him. And I didn't feel bad for him when people were fucking him over because he was such a fucking jackass. You know? I don't know. Yeah, I did not like – I don't like Howard and therefore I was not enjoying – I wasn't rooting for him. So I didn't really care about what happened to him. And I don't usually have that feeling about a movie character. I was like, what the fuck? This is – oh, it was just very disappointing. Um, Well made. Like, the movie's well made. I like the Safty brothers – As directors, I just did not like that character. But it was very similar to Good Time, where like just something keeps going wrong and then another thing goes wrong, another thing goes wrong. But Good Time was just, I like Rob Pattinson's character better, even though he wasn't the best person. There was a good reason that he thought he was doing things for. Like he thinks that he's getting him and his brother a better life, but he's really like fucking up, but at least he's trying to be a better person you know yeah he wasn't like like getting locked in the back of a trunk during his daughter's play instead of just paying attention like he sees those guys in the theater i'm like just watch the play and then go talk to them they're not gonna rip you out of the theater you dumbass oh my god but instead of that we ended up watching paris is burning which is fantastic which, have you gotten to watch it? I haven't. Friend?
1: I remember you talking about it on another it's episode Sidetracks. And I know we end up getting into like a lengthy lengthy talk about the body in the closet. So I do remember elements of yeah. it. But I just, I haven't seen it yet. I need to. Yeah. I know it's on my list of things
0: to watch for sure. It's great. If you want to know where drag culture has come from, especially with states like Tennessee making it illegal. Oh my God. Which, how are people going to ha- Okay. I'm mad enough for trans people and for drag queens but also what the fuck's gonna happen on halloween well my thing is do you have to dress your
1: gender uh, can i wear pants my thing is that like bothers me i'm like so tennessee banned drag shows and yet there was a school shooting where three nine-year-olds were killed and we're really worried about drag shows i mean yes the adults i mean don't get me wrong absolutely the adults too but three fucking nine-year-olds six people all together but three of them were children under the age of 10 and we're really worried about, drag, worried shows. about drag shows. And we're worried about drag Really. Like, not that drag there's a shows. mental fucking health crisis in this country. Like.
0: Yeah, we could focus on that. Or we could focus on another documentary I watched, which was the Academy Award nominee, which now that I've watched it, I'm very surprised it didn't win, is All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. That was the one I honestly heard the most about. That's why I put it as my vote this year. It's fucking fantastic. Y'all should also watch that one. It's kind of a bummer but there's kind of some hope at the end so it follows this fantastic photographer um, nan golden and nan golden is such an interesting person um i won't spoil the whole movie but it, she um was living in the village in the, in new york in like the 70s and 80s and she like crossed paths and became friends with like john waters crew and stuff like that And she was really close with um, Cookie from the John Waters movies. What is Cookie's last name? Shit. I can't remember. You would recognize it. Mueller. Cookie Mueller. But she was friends with, like, the whole John Waters crew um, when he was making, like, um, female trouble and um, all those things. So she was hanging out with all of these, like, artists and stuff. And she's a photographer. And at first, people didn't really want to do her photography as art because it was like just people just living their like bohemian lifestyles but they're actually fabulous photos and like i want to get one of her photo collection books because they're very cool but so she got addicted to opiates because she broke her wrist or had Mm. wrist surgery and she got addicted to opioids had overdosed once and has been able to stay sober but you know i think I don't think she's on methadone, but she's had to use like a substitute drug to, you know, keep from going back to opiates. And so she also had a lot of friends die from the opioid epidemic and heroin addiction. Cause you know, you start with opioids, you go to heroin cause it's the closest thing you can get to Oxycontin. Um, But she's also a pretty big name in the art um, field. Also, Um, she was in New York during the AIDS epidemic. And so she was a really, she became an activist for AIDS um, research and helped with like act up. And she had a lot of friends who were dying of HIV. And she um, did a bunch of art installations about like the AIDS epidemic and how uh, gay people were being marginalized and blamed for the epidemic and stuff. So really cool person with a lot of really cool, like meaningful people in the art scene and the LGBTQ plus community. Um, but it's really following her fight against the Sackler family, who donated a lot of money to art museums throughout the world, especially the Metropolitan Museum of Art in Manhattan. And the Sackler family owns the big pharma company that created Oxycontin and that told all these doctors it's not addictive. You can totally give this to your patients. They won't become addictive. Mm-hmm. Which is a bold fucking lie. And it's become one yeah. of the worst problems in America. Is people dying of opioids. It's like half a million people have died of an opioid overdose. Yes. And the thing is, people get prescribed Oxycontin legally. It strips Mm -hmm. down your opioid receptors in your body and you can't make them it anymore so you have you become chemically dependent so you have created an addiction that wouldn't be there in any other circumstance yeah (laughs) it's the same with steroids yes steroids are very like it's it's it it substitutes what your body can make for itself yeah and you know and the thing is like people don't even like you have surgery and they're just like pop these pills you know, before the pain starts. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, sometimes pain is okay. Like, it's okay yeah. to feel pain sometimes. Well,
1: it's, it's hard, though, because it's like your body gets addicted to the drug within your system. So, like, for example, like, having a loved one on prednisone. Yes. It's like, you know, her body got used to the prednisone. And so when she had her prednisone, she felt normal or felt really good. And when she didn't have her prednisone, her body wasn't making its own steroids. Right. And it was landing her in the hospital.
0: Yes, because it couldn't her do feel it on her own anymore.
1: Yeah, she couldn't get out of the bed How bed and that's a very very scary place to be but if you don't know about these things it's very very easy and that's how it happens to so many Americans people trust
0: their doctors and people the American public just from working in medicine for nine years and I just for eyes but still medical illiteracy is a huge problem in the United States and it's not it's not people who aren't uneducated it's just it's something we don't teach people and people don't understand things word for word you know there's the whole thing where it's like doctor speak patient speak it's a whole different language and that shouldn't be how it is it should be that everyone's on the same page but they're not um mm. not that you have to know as much of a as a doctor but like people don't know these things up front because they're not taught that in school And then they don't – they trust their doctor. And it's not even really all the doctor's faults because the doctors are like, okay, well, this drug rep is telling me that this is the side effects and this is this. And it's not addictive and blah, blah, blah. It's a miracle drug. And so on good faith, they prescribe their patients to it. And then their patients start becoming addicted and have to – and then they stop prescribing them it to keep them from getting addicted. And then they go find other drugs on the street – fentanyl or heroin or something awful and it's really it's a horrible thing and because of heroin and fentanyl and addiction especially heroin in the 80s that's how a lot of people did get hiv because of needle sharing um and so it's just a fucked up shit so anyways but the sackler family basically people started suing them finally for doing this and watch the movie because it explains this a lot more succinctly but basically the Sackler family got out of paying a lot of of doing these because the company that they owned, and I'm blanking on the name, filed for bankruptcy to avoid paying out all of these personal uh, civil lawsuits about deaths, opioid um, deaths, and the Sackler family paid a lump sum and took a basically took a plea bargain to escape any kind of responsibility for their hand in making billions of dollars oh they also like transferred a bunch of their money out of the country supposedly so you know allegedly um and the only thing they had to do was they did have to listen to victim impact statements and pay like some money which was probably like a dip in the bucket for them um but the, the thing that is triumphant about the movie is it is how they get their names removed from uh, art galleries all over the world with a bunch of protests um, with her um, organization called Pain P-A-I-N it's an, anag- it's an anagram and I can't remember wait is it an anagram when it's letters standing for yeah 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 that's right okay good <laughs> Anyways, maybe not. I think it is though. But yes, but so it it was a very very good movie. I did. There's also like a really her sister. There's a really cool story about her sister, and actually, it's her sister's diary writings that inspire the title, because her sister was in and out of. It's really sad. Her parents. Her mom was abused as a child, and her and couldn't handle it when her daughter when the older sister went through puberty and they sent her, she was um, rebellious. And instead of like helping her, they basically sent her away to various mental health facilities in the 60s. And eventually she unfortunately died from Mm -hmm. suicide when Nan was young. And Nan was actually given away to an orphanage which was because her parents were afraid that the same thing was going to happen to her. Not that they, it was, it was like a foster home. Like they, but they were just afraid that if they kept raising her, her, the same thing would happen. Yeah. Because they couldn't, they weren't fit to be parents basically. Like they didn't mean to be bad parents, but they were. And she met her best friend, David Armstrong, I believe, who was a fellow photographer. And they, like, lived their whole life. Ne- like, they went to New York together. And until he died um, in, I think, 2014, like, they remained, like, best friends. And so that's... And he lived with AIDS from the 90s, I think. So he actually lived a very long time with HIV, which is really impressive. But he was just one of the survivors. Um, But uh, they met when they were, like, 14 and 15. But she was... She bemuses like she's like you know if my sister had found her tribe, her friends, she would have made it out of there too. And I feel so bad that she wasn't able to do that because like the one good thing about her parents sending her there was she found her best friend, and then they found their their community, their group, and that's how they survived being different. And a lot of them were queer and not accepted by their families. And so it's a it's a really good documentary. She's a very interesting person. And I really like her photography. Her photography is also, like, very in-your-face and very, like, everyday. Like, she just has, like, photos of, like, her having sex with her boyfriend at the Mm -hmm. time. And then her boyfriend beat her and they broke up. And she photographed the aftermath and the healing process to keep her from going back to him. And, like, she shared that. And other women were like, that kept me from going back to my abuser, too. So, like, (laughs) she's a fucking badass. So I would fucking totally recommend all the beauty and the bloodshed. I'm sure the elephant one is very good too. Yeah, I love elephants, but the opioid epidemic is so huge right now. No, the elephant was the
1: short, uh, short one. So which one beat all the beauty and the bloodshed? Oh my god, it was about
0: it's it's a political one, like it's oh a, it's Navani about Navani. I want to yes. watch that one too. I mean, that's important too, but yeah. this one I don't know. It hit really close to home because like. I mean, I don't... Does anybody not have a friend or family member who's suffered with addiction? I mean, like, it is a huge thing. And it really needs to be fixed. And no one's being held accountable. And that pisses me off. But I am glad that they did remove their names off of it. Anyways, it's fantastic. I felt very inspired by her. I think the last artist like, movie I watched about an artist that I felt this inspired about was maybe Frida Kahlo. And everybody knows I'm obsessed with Frida Kahlo. Did you watch... I did watch one more
1: thing. Okay. But did you watch anything else? I... So, the only other thing I watched... So, we... Between Yellow Jackets and this, we kind of had more of a, a series kick. So... I watched Daisy Jones and the Six. It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, did you like it? Uh, it was. Oh, I actually, so Taylor, so what'd you think about this? So that's it. It was cute. And he went, Oh, there's like people battling addiction and stuff and fighting and arguing. You said it's cute. <laughs> I was like, but I mean, I uh so, but um, it wasn't bad. It's very like middle ground. Like, okay, so this is my thing. It's very 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 loosely based on like Fleetwood Mac and the recording of rumors, but like is the Is that band, what it's based on? It's so loosely it basically has nothing in common. Oh well like, that's
0: annoying because that is actually a very interesting story.
1: Yeah, so, like, okay, so you guys know, like, I love Fleetwood Mac, and I love Stevie, and I mean, who doesn't, right? I mean, uh, yeah. But, but like, that's the big thing. So, like, Fleetwood Mac, and, like, so Stevie and Lindsay were breaking up, but Stevie and Lindsay had met in high school and had been together for, like, ten years. So it was, mm-hmm. like, a long-term relationship, and the McVees were divorcing, or they had just gotten yeah. divorced. So, like, this oh, is Oh, no, they were different. divorcing,
0: because yeah, she would, wrote, yeah. you make loving fun about the man she was fucking on the which side. Was, yeah, but which I think was their- it was... Producer, yeah.
1: but she uh, told light, him. Lighting guy. Lighting but she guy. told
0: him that she wrote it about their dog. <laughs> that's what my friend Cat is loves oh. Fleetwood Mac even more than I do, and she was like, "It's her favorite song of Fleetwood Mac." So she's like, she wrote it. She lied to him and said it was about the dog. Oh Maybe I don't know. That's what she told me. I, every time I hear I it, that's it. all I think about. I believe it. I, Rest I, in peace, really, Christine really McVie, By the way, huh? Rest in peace. She died. I know.
1: She just passed away I know. like what? Like late
0: last year, right? Like yeah. late last year? Or this like, year. It might have been this year. Was it, it, was was it the very beginning of this ago. year?
1: Maybe it was the beginning of this year. It was yeah. like in the last couple of months. I remember that. It's it's fucking crazy. But then you think they're all in their seventies and it's insane. Yeah. But no, like this is so like basically the band's completely different. And that's where I'm like, oh. okay, it's not really as based as you would think it was. Like there's like jinks and crazy shit happening. Is the
0: band's name Jay-Z Jones and the Six? Yes. Yeah, so what See, it is, that's not right either because Stevie Nicks became the front person, but she wasn't supposed to be the front person.
1: Well, yeah. Well, the big thing is, is so like in the show and then the book is based on, so there's like the titular rock band, there's the Six. And then Davey, Daisy Jones is like her own musician. And basically uh. like their, their producer, his name's Teddy, but I forgot his last name. He brings them together to like, so he brings her with the band to just be like hey daisy's gonna like guest on this song to like change it and then they end up having something really special but her and the head the head singer his name's billy dunn they butt heads a lot but it's like a love hate thing going on and so daisy's played by riley i always pronounce riley's last keo name keo? keo thank you so daisy's played by riley keo billy's played by sam claflin hey what is that sam from outlander uh, no, 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 no. Sam Cla... That's Finnick O'Dare from the hung- like Catching Fire and Mocking Jay, because, you know, I love the Hunger Games trilogy. Uh, so he was Finnick. He was okay. in Me Before You. Oh, shit. He's been oh, in a few other that things. cute boy.
0: Yeah, okay. he's cute boy. He's a yeah, yeah, cute yeah. British boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is Sam's last name
1: from outlander Hewin. went okay sorry i do love me some sam Hewin too um but they actually they recorded a whole album it's called aurora and it is on apple music and probably spotify so i think it's hilarious they actually did like the the big album that they're recording that's like the cent- centerpiece of the show is there it good
0: is, uh, oh, it's okay <laughs> uh it's not ah, bad ah, uh, ah, <laughs> the mic so it wasn't so loud uh taylor taylor
1: uh i think taylor summed it up because you know i'm thinking like i'm waiting because you know daisy jones is like dressed even like steve b nix like she got that like bohemian look and like these larger than the top hat not the top hat but like the cool the cool as fuck like huge like uh sleeves and shit and like i do too Oh my god, and that's the thing, so even Stacey Jones and the Six did like a collaboration with Free People, and it's like all the kind of bohemian looking stuff, and I'm like ooh, and then it's like all $250, I'm like ooh.
0: Mm-mm. I do love so, Free People, but I only ever uh, buy it when it's at like TJ Maxx and they don't know what they have.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, I'm just like, <laughs> it's beautiful, but I, I I, work at a receptionist, and part of my office is a warehouse, so that does not yeah. fly. Um, but I'm gonna sum up the music as Taylor summed up the movie, music, he's like, it's kind of basic. And I'm like, honey, that's a good word for it. You're so right. Um, So it's not bad. And some of it's really catchy because you keep hearing them singing and recording it. So, I mean, there's a few that are
0: earworms. I'll give it to them. I bet Riley's Um, a good singer because she's Elvis's granddaughter.
1: She doesn't sound bad. She doesn't sound bad. Um and believe it or not, they did like this. They did um so I was reading a little bit about the behind the scenes and they had the whole band did like a a rock band camp, so they did go so I think they may actually be playing their instruments and stuff. So they're pretty they're pretty convincing, or at least I think they are. I could have read that wrong. Um (laughs) all that being said, it's a little melodramatic. It's not it's not phenomenal but is it good enough that i kept going to the next episode yes i think it may be a little bit of a guilty pleasure but okay. i do like it enough that i did watch the entirety of it is it
0: as good as almost famous
1: oh i mean no almost okay. famous is almost famous but it's also i mean it's okay it's a, it's it you know what it has pretty people it has pretty clothes and, and if you basic music basic music but if you like melodramatic like if you if you like, a little if you bit like of drama if
0: like- <laughs> you like fleetwood mac without the, the skill level um
1: i have i i won't mention names but i have an older gentleman uh that he um i work with and he doesn't tend to like to talk to me about movies he'll go around asking like the men in our office he'll be like did you watch this and um he was asking my coworkers a couple of years older than me. He's like, have you guys watched Davy Jones and the Six? And, like, my ears perked up. And my co was like, I haven't yet. And so he walked down the hall, walked by me. I was like, hey, I said I've actually watched the first two episodes. And he was like, oh, what would you think about it? And I was like, well, you know, I was like, it's not Fleetwood Mac. And he's like, well, you were alive during that time. And I'm like... You're about to talk to the guy who's only a couple years older than me, though, who also wasn't alive during that time, and
0: I was like, "Probably doesn't have your encyclopedic knowledge of." Yeah, he said. I was like, "Well,
1: you know," I said. I I was raised on Fleetwood Mac, and I have their albums. And he was like, "But you weren't
0: alive," and I was like, "What the fuck." Like, I, can't, I can't enjoy you the can't show. You appreciate cause... Fleetwood Mac. You weren't alive. I wasn't, I wasn't They're alive. They're still playing right now.
1: You damn TikTokers. Like.
0: Damn TikTokers. You're you Pedro brought... Pascals. Okay. <laughs> you... <laughs> yeah, but anyways. So the last thing, one, one last thing I watched, and I, it's only one episode so far, So, but I did watch the premiere of the last season of Succession. Okay. Cue the music to Succession. It was a very basic episode, but it kind of continues the story along. Cousin Greg has a faux pas, a social faux pas, which was really hilarious. Um, And there's like business dealings. And it's great. I mean, if you like Succession already, um, I'm excited. I feel like it went too well for the siblings the first episode and something really terrible is going to happen. Soon, because it just seems too too easy for them. But I forget, have you started it yet? I haven't, it, and it's one of those shows I know everyone it's talks great. about it. It's great. It's very cringe at parts on purpose. Mm. Like one character in particular is cringe. The guy that plays the the main like the main son, shit, Jeremy. I can't remember his last name. He's a good actor because he, but he does like method acting, and he apparently is. Brian Cox is kind of annoyed with him, allegedly, on set, because he kind of acts like his jackass character. Mm. And his character's super fucking annoying. Like, if he was a real person in real life, I would punch his... I would clock him. Mm. Knock his block off. I'm just kidding. But he's fucking annoying as shit. And so apparently he's very method with it. And... Like, that would annoy me on set, because I hate people that do method acting, because it's kind of, in my opinion, unnecessary in most circumstances. Like, you should get a feel for the character, but, like, if you have to be a jackass to your coworkers, it's not worth it. But anyways, um, I'm excited to see the rest of the season. I will be sad to see Succession go, but I also don't want it to overstay its welcome.
1: I am. You know, I know we've talked about this before, but I always love it when a show has a very strong beginning, middle, and end, and they usually do four or five seasons. Like, that feels like the perfect show time. Like, the show, like, five seasons. I think that's That's perfect. That's what
0: Mr. Robot did the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The Wire did the same thing. I know two. you have
1: watched it, but Jane the Virgin was the same way, and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Well, I haven't
0: finished Jane the Virgin. I love Jane the Virgin, but oh I, gosh, I got mad when a certain character got killed off, and then I stopped yeah. watching. Yeah. Uh, so I will <sighs> say
1: this: it's literally it was in my wedding vows that I told Taylor he was the uh, Michael to my Jane. Oh wow. yeah.
0: Wah. yeah. That Michael age, and Jane like, are the better couple.
1: Yeah, that age, that age that aged like milk. Uh, but, jeez, yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, but I, I will give this to Raphael. He does mature greatly over sure. the series. But yeah, I, we're Michael people in this household. We yeah, are. We're team Michael. Sorry.
0: It's not. It's not Raphael's fault.
1: But you know what, Samantha is my friend. Sam is very much team Raphael, and me and her would get into these disagreements while the show was on the air. <laughs> But I will say this, and I I will say this very quickly. So I remember, like, during the second season of Jane the Virgin, they had a big Q&A with the cast, and they asked every single cast member if they were Team Michael or Team Raphael. And every single person says Team Michael, with the exception of Justin Baldoni, because of course he plays Raphael. Right. And then the creator of the show. And I always thought, because the creator of the show was Team Raphael, that there was a chance. Like, I was like... but that's my that's my two cents on that Ah, uh, yeah is there anything else you watched no that was that was between the 10 episodes of daisy jones and the six uh i guess the 11 episodes of uh buzz 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 that's not the name of the show yellow jackets <laughs>
0: Buzz, buzz, buzz. <laughs> buzz those jackets. I'm
1: so sorry. Uh, me and Taylor have been doing that back and forth for days now. We go buzz, buzz, buzz. And so- <laughs> It's kind of like when Taylor was struggling to think of uh, 13 Reasons Why. And he was like, do you want to watch the next season of Here's Your Tape? And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that one. That would have been an amazing. An title. That would have been an amazing alternate title. Um, but no, between that and then Knock at the Cabin, that's actually what I've been watching, to well, be I honest. Think, I think we
0: did a good, pretty good job, though. We talked about a good amount of things. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but I guess with that it's time to say goodbye then
1: until next time
0: we are taking a week off in between this week's episode and our next episode, which is Brit's pick because I'm in a show next week and it's tech week and I have to be at rehearsal. So, um, either we will release an old re-release an old episode to hold y'all over or just pause one week. So please forgive us. But then we'll be back to watch your pick, Brit, which is...
1: Of course, which is Watcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is streaming on Shudder, and I think Hulu via the Shudder add-on. Okay. Uh, yeah. And it's a 2022 film. Katie, it is the third film we've done that premiered at 2022 Sundance last year. Sundance thought,
0: was great last year.
1: And you know what? It's the third horror film we've done that was directed by a woman, too. Yeah. So I think that's really, really cool, because we've done three horror films that were all premiered at 2022 Sundance, yep. and they were all directed by Master,
0: ladies. Master, nanny, watcher, and they're all one-words. <laughs> yeah. But I guess with that, we're going to have to say goodbye. Yeah. For now. And have a good week. Go watch a drag show. Tip your drag performers. Don't let it be illegal in your state. Call your senators and representatives. Because drag is not a crime. It's just fun.
1: Maybe just wear a a
0: wig around. I might just start wearing wigs and ask people if it's illegal. So also today is Tuesday, March 28th. But this coming
1: Friday is Transgender Day of Visibility. So here's a reminder that transgender people cannot fucking hurt you. So stop being little bitches about (gasps) things. If you
0: want to support a really good charity, which thank you. Kai Penn said this on The Daily Show when he was hosting. But Magic City Acceptance Center and Academy Mm -hmm. in Birmingham... Um, they sell t-shirts online that have some really cool – they have some really cool t-shirt designs. So if you want to you know, buy a really cool t-shirt that says Protect Trans Kids, that's tie-dye. I still want to buy one of those. You should go support them because they provide like a school for kids to feel safe in that don't feel safe in other schools where they might be um, bullied or marginalized. And it's also just like a really cool – charity local charity for us you know so please donate to them if you can or just you know share them if you know somebody um who's there so they should have more places like that in every city so i'm happy we have a place like that i think it's a beautiful thing
1: i do too i think it's really cool so
0: yes support support everybody and go see a drag show and go support people because that's really who it's going to affect is people going to dinner with the tracy tracy (laughs) tracy martel trixie mattel that's her alternate ego or like what everyone accidentally calls her but trixie mattel was just talking about she's like i'm really worried about just regular trans people who are going to dinner with their friends and someone might call and freak out and go
1: this is a drag
0: queen we're having drag i'm like where does the line end like where does it cross i don't understand if i wear pants am i in drag like, why do you get to tell me what my assigned gender has to wear?
1: And I mean, that's my thing. And also, like, it bothers me so bad that we're banning drag shows and banning books, but not yeah. regulating gun laws. And making sure people have access if they have mental health problems. Like, right. if people are depressed, they don't... I mean, therapy is expensive. How is, is drag expensive.
0: killing anybody? It's not. It's, not. it's, it's not, not, not murdering anyone. It's actually very entertaining. It's. And. And it's, honestly, there's a there's there's family friendly drag and there's not family friendly drag, and it's pretty easy to decipher one from the other because they usually advertise it a certain way. So you know what? If you don't want to take your kids to a drag show, you don't have to. But you know but we're,
1: we're just so ass backwards about things too. We are ass
0: backwards. So we are. infuriating, honestly. We're back ass words, really. Yeah. It's fucked up. So anyways, sorry, not to leave on a sour note, but it is super upsetting. And um, hopefully we can all keep it from getting worse. But I don't know until we get rid of some until uh, I shouldn't say get rid of because I'm not I'm not advocating for violence. No, but until some the Supreme Court looks a little different. I don't know if it's even okay to sue for it, because I'm afraid that it's going to get overturned because for some reason they can all wear dresses, but drag Queens can't mm. just saying. Okay. But anyways, hug a drag queen, protect trans kids and wash your hands and take your vitamins and stay safe out there. Kiddos. Kiddos yes sir and we'll see you not next week but the week after for watcher and we love you guys and thank you for listening and being fabulous we hope you gave we gave you some good recommendations and things to avoid
1: yes and you know just uh ending on that note take care of yourselves and each other We just look forward to seeing you um, same time, same spoopy channel uh, in two weeks. Not this week, but next week. Yep. Stay spoopy, (laughs) y'all. Stay spoopy, y'all. Bye. Bye. Get some sleep. Bye. I'm going (laughs) to try. Bye. Bye.
0: Grindhouse Girls Podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is NR Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials, and if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.